Welcome to Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of the most iconic sites, historic characters, and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning. Our desire and purpose is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look at history from a biblical worldview. I am Chris DeWenzel, and I'm joined by Corey Hockaday today. How are you doing, Corey? Great. Doing great. How about you? Well, I'm going to be really honest. I have probably the biggest cup of coffee next to me, a big cup of water, (laughs) and I am so excited about this episode. I can barely take it. So I'm not sure if it's the caffeine or the excitement, what it is. I'm just ready to get going. So I'm pretty excited. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think one kind of feeds into the other, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Today in studio with us, we have a guest. Um, we're going to start digging a little deeper into the people who give tours at American Christian Tours with this special extended edition of Behind the Tour Guide. We're looking at Axe Guides to find out what makes them tick, talk for hours with little sleep, and come back for more year after year. So today, we're excited to welcome Randy Dickinson. Hey. Welcome, Randy. Hey, thanks. Hey, Randy. I've been tick for 24 years. <laughs> Oh my you're the OG. You're the original. Yeah. Oh, it's OG. Original. Yeah. Original. original gang. I know. I love it. I didn't even realize until we were visiting the other day that you have been at the company. You're one of our um, most senior, senior of tour guides. I love that. So that's I am a senior. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Corey, tell me something. Do you remember when you first met Randy or like your first standout moment of meeting Randy? It was my first uh, training, so like normally all the EPLs get together, and I was just like little baby Corey. I had no idea what I was getting into, and we were assigned like small groups to discuss things, and I was assigned the round table with Randy, and I had nothing to say. I just sat in awe of his wisdom and words and thought, is this what I'm supposed to be? Is this, I can't do this. So that was my first impression. And that was the bar that I had coming in at American Christian Tours. And that is still my bar today in many ways. That is one that very few of us will ever attain. So yeah, so thank you for setting that. But I actually remember the first time I met you, Randy, I think we met on the road. And I remember it was like, not like, hey, how are you? It was like, what makes you tick? Why are you here? Why did God put you here? So I mean, so I remember thinking this is, this is deep. And the good thing is, is that we've come full circle now after all these years, and we still barely have the hey how are you it's always like what makes Mm -hmm. you tick what is going on and I think that that's what makes it so fun to visit with you and to talk with you is just you have such a a deep perspective of history and the world and you know of students lives and so I'm pretty excited for this interview style you guys know what I thought the first time I saw you guys oh no no. (laughs) oh gosh I'm not ready for this but yes go (laughs) seriously okay because I'm about 30 years older than you guys. Mm-hmm. More than 30 years, I think. And so here I am, a senior guy. I mean, I started doing tours when I was in my early 40s. And so here you guys come along afterwards. And I have kids grown up that are as old as you, <laughs> actually older than you. <laughs> and I met you guys. And of course, I asked all the questions and various things that you want to know. And I think I probably said to you, if I didn't say it, I certainly thought it. I said, how are you guys this smart 
and this outgoing, this wonderful, and quite frankly, this lovely. How are you guys not married? <laughs> that was my first impression of both of you guys. Because you guys are funny, you are engaging, and I don't try to be funny. You know, jokes are not my thing. I, I, I can't draw, I can't draw a crooked line, I don't tell a great joke, and I don't try to entertain kids with humor. I might <laughs> end up being funny, but not because I'm trying to. And you guys do that so well. I remember both of you that way. Oh, that's such a that's such a huge compliment. I always think that that's mm -hmm. a huge compliment. So let's get right into it. Interview is starting. I know. I wish I wish we had some like little fun music. So, all right. So first question, Randy, it is always so fun to bump into you while on tour to hear about your life. What's new? what you know you're thinking what you're dreaming of and so why don't you go ahead and just start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and like how long you've been at axe and how you got started with axe i got started in 1997 and uh my wife's best friend said you should talk to our neighbor because he's a public speaker and he likes history and so we met for dinner and we talked and that began it began that quick and then i was in training right away and the hard thing was, is when they said, and how long have you been doing tours? And mm -hmm. it was your very first tour. And of course, you became very good at saying, boy, it seems like I've been doing it forever. <laughs> that was my line. Perfect. And, uh, That's and good. since there was no internet in those days, yeah. and people didn't know where to get the history, they really looked to you as mm -hmm. the tour guide. And mm -hmm. so what I did is I became just a... I read everything I could get my hands on about every aspect of history. And for short-term memory for a week, you could remember a lot of stuff and you seemed like an encyclopedia to them. <laughs> so they were less likely to ask you, how long have you been doing this if you had a lot of information? Hmm. So that was my escape of getting that question my first couple of tours. Oh, that is awesome. Oh my goodness. Those, I feel like there should be a book written just about all of our first couple of tours and mm -hmm. oh my goodness, the stories are always so great. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. So I've well, been doing it for you know, 24 years and uh, um, wow. it's, it's been, it, it was really sad this last year not to actually go out on the tour. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like mm -hmm. saying, should I say 23 years with an asterisk or how do I, how long <laughs> have I been there now? <laughs> Never considered that before. So Randy, 24 years, asterisks aside, what keeps you coming back year after year? Probably the thing that motivates me the most is um, my wife and I, we raise our granddaughter and she's now 15. Mm -hmm. And it was always clear to us that this generation was coming up differently than mm -hmm. previous ones. And that as we face situations, we realized that's what the other middle schoolers are facing all over the country. And perhaps this was the last, the last ditch effort to really make an impact. Mm -hmm. Was there a way to spend a concentrated six days with them, telling them stories, sharing them perspectives, integrating a number of historical ideas and facts and figures and things in a fun place, doing fun things, and hopefully impacting them. And so the goal was mm -hmm. every year to find a handful of kids that you can walk away saying it made a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. why you do it. That's, that's why I do reason. it. That is, mm -hmm. that is a, a fantastic reason. So with that in mind, how do you stay energized? <laughs> full stop. 
How do you stay energized? Well, let me put it, let me go reverse order on you. At the end of a tour, when you think you're spending six, seven, eight, nine days and you're with these kids and you're going, going, going. And I mean, I love history. So talking isn't the hard part at all, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we're doing this at the end of the trip. When I hit the airplane, I'm amazed at how tired I am. I'm suddenly exhausted. And the energy of you're, you're worrying about their safety, their security. I mean, all those things that are going on in the back, the background of your trip. And when you suddenly get to let that go, I think what keeps you energized um, really is, is focusing on, on the purpose and the vision. And it sounds corny to say that, but in reality, the night before you're evaluating, what am I going to say tomorrow? How am I going to get, because now you know the kids a little bit, what story is going to motivate them? Or you're sitting talking to another tour guide, how should we do some things? So you're logistically thinking all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that just keeps you going. Um, for those of you that are doing multiple tours again and again and again, how do you keep going is the real question I sometimes wonder because I'm exhausted when I finish one and some of you do, you know, three or four in a row back five, six, I don't know how many you do. That is amazing to me. But for the guy that does one and then goes home and then recharges and comes back, it's pretty easy compared to what you all do. But I think it's the, the focus on the, on the mission and why we're doing it and then having to think constantly and caring about those kids. Mm -hmm. I would just say, when you say end of tour, it doesn't matter if, it's your fifth tour if it's your first tour the sleep on an airplane is like <laughs> god's gift i i honestly sometimes wonder if i just like pass out like i hit and just you sit down in your seat and there are, i don't remember takeoffs like you just nope. no you're just done goals. like it's like exactly like your brain and your body just collectively are just like we're we're done so mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's a four-day trip or an eight-day trip it's still that like you are like you said, you're just on for 24 hours a day when you're with these people and all the care and safety and all of it. So that is, that's a great thing because keeping that in mind of, you know, why mm -hmm. you're doing it is a great way to stay energized because it can get, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. It's a, you know, a daily life sort of thing too. Why do we, why do we keep going? Why do we press forward? What's the purpose? Keeping that in, in view as well. Okay, so how, after all this travel, all these years, Randy, um, how has travel impacted your view of history and the world? Hmm, that's a good question. I never even have considered that before. Well, here we are. Breaking news. I will confess, when I went to Washington, D.C. to leave my first training, um, that was the first time I'd ever been in Washington, D.C. So I didn't know anything. Wow. So the travel um, going back and forth every year for 24 years has been a marvelous opportunity for me. Um, it's impacted my life and in fact, every aspect of my life. It's in a business world, when you can walk around and you talk about history or you tell a story in history, everybody will listen. They are all curious or interested in things historical. And if you have a story mm -hmm. that brings some humanity to people that they have no real relationship with at all, suddenly it's very intriguing. And so I think the history has really allowed me a lot more opportunity to share whether it's about normal things or about biblical or about the gospel itself. It's given me an opportunity because it's, it's armed me with interest. So in reality, the fact that I traveled for the last 24 years to a place on the East Coast that people in this country find interesting has opened up an incredible number of doors for me, both to publicly speak, to talk, um, casual conversation. 
And for the first time in my life, it seemed like I was interesting for aside from being, you know, six foot four and bald. So it, it really has made a big difference in my life. I had something I could hang my hat on. That's amazing. Well, I've never found you uninteresting without without traveling. So I, I feel like it's probably only added to your interestingness, not made you interesting. So and speaking of that, so just in general, how many tours do you think you have led in your career as an American Christian tours? EPL. So our title is actually education program leader, but we often just say tour guide, but it's so much more than that. So we're EPLs. So how many tours do you think you've led in your career? No, there was times where I did a lot more and other times where I've last years, it's been, you know, five to seven, you know, 150 to 175, I guess, something like that. That's amazing. That is, wow. Wow. Think about that. And I can go, wow, that seems like a, I should know a I whole know. lot more. If I did anything, I, that's always what I times. think. I'm always, when people I are like, how do you, now. yeah, when you, how do you know so much? I'm like, how many times I've been here? I should know a lot more. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, uh, it's wonderful to think about though. 150 opportunities. That's a lot of tours, Randy. Holy moly. So aside from becoming more interesting, as you claim, how else do you think you've changed since your very first tour that you led at ACT? My very first tours, I'm embarrassed to say, I probably cared less about the kids <laughs> and more about making sure I impressed the organizer. Mm. In other words, I had to make sure they felt I knew enough history that I belonged there. Mm. I probably overdid mm -hmm. that. I remember the first couple of trips, I was just a machine with data. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't know it was 555 and a quarter inches. I could tell you it was at every quarter inch along the way. <laughs> you know, it was a little bit <laughs> of the that mind. nobody really wanted to hear about. But, yeah. Yes. And I'm making, so. I mean, light of that. But at the time, because information was so scarce, people did want to know. And so mm -hmm. when you were on tour, they'd ask questions. Well, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? Well, but the next tour, you knew all those answers. So rather than wait for the question, you'd give the information. Mm -hmm. And after a while, sure. you just started presenting all that information. Well, then as the internet became more and more popular and people can study on their own, you realized they didn't come to you for information. They were asking you, well, how do I put all this together? You know, how do I think about this? Mm -hmm. What should I, how does this even relate to biblically what I'm learning over here and slavery? And what do we do when Paul says this? And what, do we, and those became the driving forces. So the change went from knowledge to perhaps maybe mm -hmm. wisdom, understanding, um, the ability to interpret mm -hmm. and um, assimilate different periods of time in history and putting it up together at a time where these kids said, wow, I never thought of that before. Mm -hmm. or never would have put those two events together. So that's, yeah. I think, the biggest change I've... That's I've huge. Seen. Yeah, that has been a big part. Of it. Yeah, and that's such a fun part of what we do is connecting all those dots and interweaving all those stories. Because um, you're right, this is such a, like, a information generation where, you know, why, why do they need us when they have Google? Mm -hmm. But when you have that ability to connect those dots and make them think, and not just what to think, but how to think, that's... That's the fun bit of tour. Am I right? Where you see those little light bulbs flickering. Oh, yeah. In. I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, you see millions of people who go and visit these sites year to year. You know, you're 
looking mm-hmm. at these people who are looking at the same memorials that you are. But when you have someone there interpreting what they're looking at, giving the history, the information mm-hmm. behind it, and why why does it matter? I think that that is just mm-hmm. totally totally impacted. You know um, how we how we do our job over the last years. So, and with that in mm-hmm. mind. Brandy, who or what is your favorite to talk about while you're on tour? Now, you guys know the answer to that question. And anybody that knows me knows the answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love, um, and it, it's funny to say, using the word love with that, but the most um, enjoyable and impactful thing that I do on the tour um, by far <laughs> for me is when I um, get to visit Arlington National Cemetery with a group or even an individual. Mm-hmm. I've been back at other places and times when I've had that opportunity. Um, it's, it's a place where um, it really is the ultimate of absolutes. You can talk about what's appointed man wants to die and we see 400,000 graves there. You can't escape mm-hmm. the fact that death is imminent. You also get to talk about a new birth. So the gospel being able to present it at, at a place is nothing more prominent when you can say, this is your end, this is where you're going, this is the destiny that awaits you, you now have a choice. And you don't know how long that choice is going to be. It may end up in another five minutes, five years, or 50 years. You don't know. So today, I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. And very few places do you get to do that, and no one feels you're forcing it. It's the most obvious place in the world to do it. And there's such Mm -hmm sorrow there potentially there's mm-hmm. grief i've seen parents i've seen kids um, break down in tears i've had passerbys and cars stop and ask what we were sharing i've had families that were there invite the kids to come over to share their story and invite them into the, the sorrow that they experience and it's so it's been phenomenal opportunity to bring reality to a tour where it's many times seen as oh it's a vacation site we're seeing monuments and blah 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 no 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 this is real life stuff and you get to really do that at Arlington. That's amazing. Well, and I, if I may say this about you, having traveled there with you and listened to you speak there, you do it so flawlessly and there's no forcefulness with it in a way that, I mean, I remember leaving going, oh my gosh, why am I even a guide? I can't even do this like Randy ever. And so it's it almost in a way, it is like God's gift to you that you're able to share that way because I think I've tried to kind of imitate it a little bit and it comes off forced and not, um, not God inspired. And so I just love so much the opportunity when you get to bring people there and it's like, Oh, Randy's at Arlington today. I'm like, That's a good day for someone. Someone's about to get the gospel. <laughs> so I just love it. Not true. Okay. Randy. So if Arlington is your favorite place, like what is your favorite city or location to tour in overall? Boston. I love going to Boston. Oh, I love Boston. And it's it's unlike any of the other places. Um, we're really in the city there. I mean, when you take the tour, you're you're walking in amongst the people. You're not on a isolated plot of land where there's a big monument there. And then you go talk around. And then you leave and you go back into the city later on. When you're in Boston, you're right there. We have, uh, mm-hmm. there's a guide that we pick up there in Boston, has lived there his whole life, and he's got an incredible story. His, his upbringing as a young man, how his life, how he fell away, and then how he got saved. I mean, it's a phenomenal story. But he's got a booming voice. And he takes, and he walks down the streets of Boston, 
and he gets to a place like where the Boston massacre stops started and he stops there and he gives them the history. And then his voice, he begins to raise up and then he starts preaching and starts mm -hmm. talking about, and he just goes and, he, and the kids around don't know what to do because they've never been involved in street preaching and they're, they're <laughs> looking around and what do we do? And of course, as a guide, I'm back there making sure nobody can leave. Right. And so yeah. the, by the end of the end of the time together with them, they're comfortable. And no matter where you walk, you know, it's going to boom the gospel out. Yeah. And so to have that opportunity with the kids, and again, you're right there in among the, the, the citizens of the city. It's, it's a fabulous opportunity aside from the history itself. I mean, there's some yeah. obviously foundational history that takes place in and around mm -hmm. Boston. So because of that, and then the opportunity to see the gospel being presented in the streets with the kids, it's just a, a memorable, mm -hmm. memorable opportunity. He just like, mm -hmm. he just goes for it. And there's been more times than not, he'll be like at Boston Massacre site. He'll um, have me go and run and get him coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. Cause I love that. That made me happy. So anyway, so I, I know his coffee order and he like, and for how, ostracizing a street evangelist can be like him and just how loud he knows everyone in the city he's always just walking around mm -hmm. like laughing and he goes from preacher to like nothing happened in one instance so he is very yeah. very gifted and they clamor to take their picture with him because oh, he yeah. looks like ben franklin when he's uh, i was gonna say the outfit the really hair, but uh, yeah. draws in the crowd mm -hmm. yeah he does well, speaking of, of people, who is the most famous person you've ever met or seen on tour? You know, here's where I'm envious of all you guys, because you guys have seen incredibly famous people. Um, famous. I don't know that I've ever had a famous, well, I, I take that back, but I don't remember his name. That's how famous <laughs> it is. We were at the Pentagon Memorial and I was... Um, going through, this is shortly after it was um, made public where you could visit it. And I took the stance as most of us would imagine when people were there and they started walking and climbing on the benches, you'd say, you can't do that. That's disrespectful. And you'd explain memorial behavior to them. And then one time I was having that conversation and a gentleman walked over to me and he said, very politely, excuse me, sir, can I share something with you? And he probably didn't say it exactly like that, but his, that's the attitude by which he shared with me. And he said, actually, these benches are here, and the people who um, they represent would very much like you to actually sit on them and to share amongst each other, actually celebrate your being together here while you're celebrating or commemorating the losses that they experienced. And as I quizzically looked at him, he said, um, I've known most of these families here and, uh, and I, every weekend for weeks and weeks and week, we would gather here and we all sit on the benches and we talk about these things. And so we encourage you to do the same. And so as he went on, he said, and he said, by the way, are you familiar? And he pointed things out at the Pentagon. I said, I knew what he was, but I said, tell me more. I just let him talk and talk and talk. So he was giving me all these little insights. Mm -hmm. And finally, I just said, who are you? And he said, I am the, uh, I'm going to say assistant to the uh, Secretary of Defense. Oh, my gosh. At the Pentagon. Wow. And uh, he said, oh, wow. And I can't remember. I've got it on my phone here. I could look him up. And I have since called him, believe it or not. I have since called him. 
And uh, what? And he said, if you ever have a question, call me. So I called him one time. And when I got him on the phone, I said, hey, I'm over here and I've got this question. And you said I could call. And he goes, no, 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 I'm glad to answer. So he gave me all the information that I'd said. And he said, listen, I got to go. I'm at a meeting here with, and he said, I'm over at the Supreme Court with Justice Thompson. And he just started naming off the justice, Condoleezza Rice, and a few other people here were having a reception, mm -hmm. something. So I have to go. But, you know, thanks so much for calling. And if you'd have called, you know, four hours earlier, I'd have been happy to come on over and talk to your group for you. Wow. Oh, he's not oh, a publicly wow. famous person, but it was the biggest wig I ever ran into. That's amazing. No kidding. That's so special. Wow, that is really special. Okay, so have there have you ever gone on like a special tour or some unique place that is you know kind of abnormal, some place that other people or other guides have never been? I don't know if it's abnormal. It was certainly the most interesting thing that I not maybe interesting is the wrong word. I was on a tour where I was asked to take um, thirty women and a few men on a quilting tour of Washington D.C. <laughs> And I had to visit every Episcopal church. Oh. Well, there was five of them. And they wanted to go to okay. the National Cathedral because they, in their quilting group, they had a pillow there. And they wanted to go see the pillow. I can't even tell you how much I love that. So, so much. That's amazing. And they were all oh 60 gosh. to 80, these women. Oh, and that I, is so precious. And I could tell you some stories. They, they were, um, it was a phenomenally interesting tour. It's unlike anything I've ever done before. Wow. We went in and we listened to the organs and everything playing. It was kind of one of those where they were practicing. And the the spirit, the spirit doesn't, it was moving inside that church. I was sitting there and I was just felt like I could, I could barely get up. It was so incredible um, to be in mm. some of those churches where the symbolism and then with the right spirit, the right heart going in there. It was, it was quite, I was very impressed. All right. Well, coming down, we have two more questions for you. If you can stand it before our quick fire round, what is your trademark? I'm a storyteller. <laughs> I would much rather tell a story today and even take a fact, a simple fact and um, create a story around the fact. So you don't forget it. And so mm -hmm. most of my reading is, um, is to develop new stories. Even the readings in history is develop a narrative about how stories work together, fit together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think most people that um, when they're on tours, they would probably say, Randy tells a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Okay. So if you could give some advice to any school or people looking to participate in a, an upcoming trip or planning or about to go on a trip, what kind of advice would you give them? To the organizer of a potential a school that was considering going on a trip? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I would say, particularly in today's world, that kids listen and they pay attention, and it's influenced a lot by their surroundings. If you go into a coffee shop, they bring out their phone, they know what to do. The narrative says, when you walk in, here's how you respond, and here's how you act. When you go home, they go up to their rooms, they, they respond, they, they know how to act and respond to that. You have an opportunity to take them to a place where history was formed and created. They don't know how to respond and act in those places. They haven't yet been trained. 
you have a chance to actually mold and train them with a narrative, a biblical narrative, a Christian worldview narrative, in a place that it'll fit naturally and they can't push against it because they don't have anything. They haven't been in those environments before. Many of them this first time ever on an airplane, let alone into Washington, D.C. So standing in front of something that's ominous and now relating something historical as well as something that's perhaps relevant to them and then taking a biblical verse on all at the same time it's kind of a like a three-legged stool you're hitting him with history you're hitting him with relevancy they're seeing it you're hitting him with scripture at the same time and then hopefully throughout the week you're bringing that up again and again in different ways that it's a unique opportunity in this place this time in history where you can still do that take them to some place they don't yet have um, or haven't yet been taught something wrong. You know, Washington, D.C., they've only seen it on TV. They haven't been there. They can't really relate to locations and distances and timing and um, the facts of history. When you think of Mount Vernon, they, they see it, they know what it is, but when you relate it to Washington, D.C., it's 15 miles away. Well, how was that significant? You think of walking carriages and horse, and you can just start building a whole narrative and a story and they go, wow, I never would have imagined something like that. I could get it going here talking about those things. I need to go on yeah. tour. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds like you are ready. Oh, that's what you it sounds ready. like. So, well, Randy, that has been, this has just been such a joy to go through and hear your perspective and to talk mm-hmm. to you more um, in depth. Oh my gosh, I feel like, I feel like I'm ready to go on tour. This is awesome. We have for you a quick fire round. We're going to ask you a series of questions relating to tour and or your life and you simply have to choose one or the other so we have the quick fire round coming at you Corey. why don't you go ahead and go through this with our friend randy all right randy here we go number one coffee or tea Tea. washington or jefferson jefferson declaration or constitution declaration raincoat or umbrella raincoat New York or Williamsburg? Williamsburg. Civil War or World War II? Civil War. Self-guided or docent? Self-guided. Bus or walk? <laughs> uh, I'm only hesitating. I don't want to walk to New York, but I don't want a bus ride around D.C. if I can help it. So I see what you're saying. So depending on the location. I mean, the bus, the bus does allow a lot more freedom and opportunity to do things and travel. So I'll say bus. Okay. Air and space or American history? American history. Monticello or Mount Vernon? Monticello. Backpack or satchel? Satchel. Binder or note cards? <laughs> you have an iPad. You're an iPad guy. Yeah, iPad. <laughs> Black or blue? Blue. Early morning or late night? And both. Oh, wow. That's why you make such a great guide. Hot or cold? Cold. Rain or snow? Snow. Married or single? Married. West Coast or East Coast? West Coast. Uh, Old Town Alexandria or Colonial Williamsburg? Williamsburg. uh, Capital Visitor Center or Pentagon City Mall? Capital Visitor Center. (laughs) Plymouth or Jamestown? Plymouth. Um... Newark or JFK? Newark. <laughs> Ice cream sandwich or chocolate chip cookie? Mm. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a tough one for me. 
I used to bake chocolate chip cookies every Sunday with my mom for years. Ooh. And yet I was raised on ice cream sandwiches. Ooh, that is a hard one. But my kids and everybody else, what they would say, chocolate chip cookies. Okay, that's a good one. Um, fake eggs or fake waffles? Ooh. Oh, I, I, that's just a <laughs> disgusting question. <laughs> yep. Um, I've never had a fake waffle, fake egg, is I guess. Okay. I introvert know. or extrovert? Mm, I'm probably more of an extrovert. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Randy and then 25 questions we lost. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, and I think that those are such fun, again, tour related questions, things that we. <sighs> that we kind of have to on the fly as we go, we just, you know, naturally take day by day, but to actually think, you know, huh, would I take Monticello or Mount Vernon? These are, these are things that we don't really have mm -hmm. to think if about. You had a choice. All right, Randy, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show with us. Thank you so much for your time. Before we leave, we would just like you to take about 60 seconds and just use this as your time. If you could tell anyone, anything in the world, what would it be? What is your favorite nugget of truth that you would want the entire world to know? So just take about 60 seconds and tell us, tell us a little Randyism. Hmm. Well, it's, it's on a more serious level is that for all of my history, I've always enjoyed everything wonderful about this country. And we talk with people all over the world that have been in different cultures and missionaries and things, and they've always had different experiences. And I never, ever imagined those experiences could ever visit me here. And yet today I'm seeing those things begin to happen and come to fruition. And yet then I have to wonder, am I prepared for all the things that God may have in store? And I'm not talking about torturous and things of that sort. I'm thinking of just the ability to exist, to live a Christian life where suddenly everything I have that was always taken for granted, am I, am I prepared to live a life where the things that are taken for granted aren't available anymore? And the simplest of things are suddenly now not available. And so my, my daily walk, the things that I seek from the Lord have changed. It's, it's now the ability to understand the ability to perceive the ability to share the ability to um, communicate the ability to under to listen um, differently than i ever have before again i'm older than than you guys so i don't know how much time i have and so if if i'm going to make a difference then the my abilities today to to use those abilities today would be to say guys it's it's important that we understand where we came from it's more important that we understand where we're going to go and in between those things, you and I have to decide how we're going to get there. And God has a very specific mechanism, a plan, a story that he wants you to be a part of and to live. And now more than ever, he needs people that are willing to stand up and live in a story now, not in yesterday's story, not in one some glorious Pollyanna future, but a real story. And there's a generation of people that will be lost, that won't have a clue what to do. And if they're not shown the way, they will fall. And so we have an opportunity to step up, stand up, and be counted, or not. Well, guys, I said the bar was high with Randy, and there it is. <laughs> Here's our walk away. There's our call to action. This has been, again, I want to echo Krista. This has been a joy and a pleasure. And, boy, it just makes us want to go out and tour, doesn't it, Krista? 
So you guys listening, if you are just as fascinated and intrigued by the prospect of traveling with us, check out our website, obviously at axe-tours.com. Um, but we want to thank you for joining us on this special extended edition of Behind the Tour. And thank you, Randy, for joining us as well. This has been a delight. Thank you. You listening, don't forget, remember that your story is part of his story. And God put you here and now for such a time as this. Till next time. 